Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked into just about all the information I need. They have no idea. No more books! You were given a power. Others want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets. I'm using it to make a real difference. And I'm going to expose them all. Should I be afraid? Should we be afraid? I'm not ready for this. I want to be honest with all of you. I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. You're going to get yourself killed. But you should be scared because it is the truth. Act now on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. We're gonna get out of here, but you can't see what's about to happen. they called us a movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time subscribe to the podcast on itunes and other podcast services by searching they called us a movie and find us on twitter and instagram at TicTampod. that's t-c-d-a-m pod we are also now a proud member of geek vibes nation and you could find them at gvnation.com welcome back to they call us a movie this is anthony delvecchi and with me as always is dan aquino and mark Myers. say hello gentlemen hello friends it's a magical day oh, you yes. said it a magical day indeed because it's a very special day looking forward to this one ant (laughs) why Uh, why is it a special day ant (laughs) uh this sounds like a passover excerpt right aren't you saying why is today unlike any other day (laughs) it's a passover thing um but we actually have a guest today two guests uh they've been on the show before uh they're both from bingemedia.net please welcome back to the show alex and pete guys thanks for joining us it's oh, a very special thank day. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having me back <laughs> on the uh, Breen bandwagon special. Like you said, a special time. Yes. 
Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on over at Binge Media these days? Well, uh, we're still doing the Patreon, still doing the full binge. It's patreon.com slash binge media, five bucks a month. Got some exclusive shows. We do another two hours or so on Patreon for patrons only. That's for the binge cast. And uh, we've got some of Pete's commentaries on there. Uh, what do we got coming up, Pete? We're doing uh, Happy Gilmore with the uh, Sportscast guys. This weekend, Explorers with uh, Ammon. Classic 80 Ethan Hall. So that's those are the next two. Nice, Great. nice. Yeah, We're also doing uh, Better Call Saul commentaries for the final season also. Very cool. Very cool. All right, cool. Um, so as we start off each episode, we usually talk about what we've been watching this week. Uh, guys, do you guys uh, start with you? Have you watched anything this week that you want to talk about? Go ahead, Pete. Um, I think the my favorite show right now on TV, it's probably The Offer. I think three episodes are out. It's Paramount Plus. Kind of dramatized comedy making of The Godfather. Teller, uh, Dan Fogler. That's that's probably a, that's, that's probably my favorite show that's on right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, too. I just got caught up with all three episodes and uh, it's it's fantastic it's, cool. it's part of the excitement of the show navigating the paramount plus ui <laughs> <laughs> well i get it through dubious means oh, okay um it's more of that corporate government stuff yes uh, i got i got my own line in there but um you know i haven't used uh paramount plus to watch the offer i only watch it or I only use it to watch old Ink Master episodes. So, uh, yeah, and it's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think my wife and I spent an entire weekend trying to watch The Wolf of Wall Street on it until we realized we couldn't. So we went through Amazon Prime, signed up for a free trial of Paramount Plus through Amazon Prime app just to watch it. So that shows us it's good. It's a pretty good app. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> How was the movie though? It was great. If you went through all that for a crappy movie. I mean, yeah, that, that really really does suck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was her first time watching it, which she enjoyed. So that's good. Um, that's nice. Uh, what about you guys? What about you, Dan? Have you been watching anything? I also caught up on the offer, and I agree with our guest. Fantastic. If you are not caught up on it, I highly recommend doing so. It's I I love the old-timey Hollywood feel that it, it, it's bringing and it's showing to us. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, I also caught up on Halo. So it was it was a big Paramount Plus weekend for me, and man, for a for a series that's based. Oh, you're broken up, Dan. Where'd you go, Dan? I guess he hated the Halo series. Is what <laughs> what he's, he's telling us? Yep, can't even get the words out. I know. <laughs> I think he uh, he dematerialized like uh, <laughs> like Breen does. <laughs> Dan, if you could hear us, you're probably gonna have to call back on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go to Mark. Mark. Yes. So uh, what have you watched this week? So as you know, a bit on this show is that I don't actually watch any movies outside of the movie we watch. For, uh, I am mm -hmm. a guy on a movie podcast that doesn't generally watch a lot of movies. Um, but this week um, I decided to watch a movie on my own and um, watch The Quick and the Dead from 1995, I believe. Um, mainly because of uh, Sam Raimi. Um, for those of you who don't know, he did direct that movie. Um, I did not know until this week. Uh, first time seeing it, um, it's a fucking good movie. Um, the My favorite part is I have no idea how they did not make that game into some kind of arcade cabinet video game thing. Because all the characters in it are just video game villains. <laughs> like, literally, it's just like... It's like it's like wrestling video game. Like they all have some kind of gimmick and thing about them. Performances are are really good. 
you know, it's Gene Hackman, um, you know, it's it, at the height of the Western revival. Um, we're probably the end pretty much. Um, but, you know, he was in, I think, three Westerns around that time. I think it's Unforgiven, Geronimo, and this. Um, was he in Geronimo? I think so. Um, but, you know, they're all around the same time, basically plays the same character in most of them with a little bit. But the fun part is the cast. Um, so for those of you that don't know, it basically was a Sharon Stone vehicle, basically her blank check after Casino. Um, and she uh, put together uh, the cast. I mean, they probably got Hackman just to have another name, but uh, she fought for Russell Crowe to be in it, his first American movie, um, and Leonardo DiCaprio, um, young Leo, pre-Titanic, I think post-Romeo and Juliet, um, or might be right before. Um, I think it's 95, I think that's before. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so those are the, the, my favorite thing about with the cast and all is when you look at a movie poster for it nowadays or you see it on streaming, it'll say, you know, Stone, Hackman, Crow, DiCaprio. Um, but if you look at the original photos, you don't see Crow DiCaprio anywhere on the poster um, for them or as, or as prominent as they are. So it's a nice revisionist history on the streaming sites. Um, but yeah, they all give good performances. Crow is probably the best, um, which is saying something with Hackman on screen. But his performance in it is pretty good. Um, there's some great character acting going on from Lance Hendrickson, um, plays like a, a Mexican shooter who is basically just a, a liar. Like, he's not as good as he, you know, says he is. Is uh, it just the lie that he's Mexican? No, well, that too, but <laughs> <laughs> he might even be Mexican. I, I couldn't get, I just know the big thing was he shot cards um, in it and apparently never killed anybody. Um, but the, uh, and um, uh, Keith David is in it and, you know, choose the scenery for the three scenes that he is in. I think it's three or four, maybe. But he, he's smoking one of those ridiculously long pipes. Um <laughs> You know, with long and then curls up like a saxophone. Um, and he basically has this one scene with Hackman, which is real good. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a fun movie. It only has really one slow moment. They cut away to um, Powers Booth is in it as well. And okay. um, so, you know, they cut away to a scene with her, him and Stone, you know, basically letting you know the crux of the story, which there is a twist. I won't spoil it here. Um, despite all the movie is, but it's actually pretty good. And it, it, not knowing it going in um, made the movie that much better. But they slow down the action too much. You just have this one scene to reveal this one thing. And there is a, a, a two to three scene cameo, I guess, quote unquote, uh, from Gary Sinise in it, who plays the marshal um, uh, in flashbacks. So a really tremendous cast directed by Sam Raimi, um, fresh off of, I believe, Army of Darkness at this point. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I'm glad it was one of those checkboxes of movies that I remember hearing about as a kid growing up and never got to see, um, getting it. So I, I actually watched the movie. When you said you were watching a movie, I thought you actually went to go see everything everywhere all at once. No. But once again, you failed me. Uh (laughs) Dan, are you here? Are you back? I am back. Yes. All right. Tell us how much you hate Halo. Uh, I I don't hate Halo. I just, uh. (laughs) I basically was talking about how it's based off this big action for shooter gaming series, and it just continues to shy away from action. I think in six episodes, there's only two action scenes throughout the entire series. It's just a big swing and a miss. I'm not happy with it. Mm, it's not It's not what you uh, pay for, right? No. And Master Chief always takes his helmet off. <laughs> he, he never wears his helmet. He's the anti-Mandalorian. <laughs> hey, they actually show you John Halo. Yeah, John Halo. Yep, that's that's what he is. <laughs> oh, okay. 
But as for me, I didn't watch much this week. Been busy, but uh, we started a rewatch of Breaking Bad, or Ooh. technically my my re, my rewatch. My wife, the first time her she's watching it because I told her she was watching Good Girls on Netflix, and then she got really upset that like she's watched like four seasons of it, and uh, like they just can't up and cancel the show on NBC. It's like has no resolve to it. So I was like, you know, this is basically like the broadcast version of breaking bad so if you want something that's a little bit better then why don't we should watch that so she started watching and she likes it so we're probably going to do a full rewatch of it so i'm excited about that i've gotten that's the better call Saul sequel right yes yeah okay good i was just making Uh, sure we had it's it's the it's based on el camino i don't know if you ever saw that movie oh okay yeah now this makes sense <laughs> yeah the netflix the netflix original movie this is yeah. the show they based off the of that yeah exactly gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so that's all i watched and we're gonna take a quick break and you guys are gonna listen to some ads or pay those bills back in a second and welcome back now it's time to get into this week's movie and this week was my pick and it's been almost a year since we brought on pete last year to do a neil breen movie with double down so i figured bring him back and also bring alex back because you guys went into a rabbit hole after we watched that movie and we decided to watch fateful findings this week so gentlemen let's start with you guys alex and Mm -hmm. pete where are you coming from with fateful findings where or when let's see um was there a reason why you guys went to fateful findings and not the second movie i'm just curious i i feel like i've read that this is the best one in, in terms of the neil breen filmography um, I yeah, yeah I I think this is probably objectively his his best movie. It's <laughs> and that's not really a high bar, but it is the most put together that actually has like a narrative to it that you can semi follow. Yeah, Ooh, hold on, you're gonna have to explain <laughs> this to me. Sure, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this because I was lost the entire runtime. <laughs> have you seen the others? I, this is the second time. This is the second movie I've ever seen of Neil Breen. The first one oh, okay. was Double Down. Was Double Down? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, this is definitely the most cohesive. <laughs> I know you've only seen one other, and Double Down is a masterpiece. We can all agree about that. <laughs> but um, this is probably the most cohesive narrative that Breen put out there. I mean, it kind of makes sense that he's a novelist in it. You know what I mean? It's 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 all right there. Sure. I know those are encyclopedias, but they're probably his books too that he wrote. Oh, so many books. Pete, what about you? Where you come from? Well, yeah, after you guys introduced me to Double Down and then I saw that there was a bunch more, I'm like, I have to watch this. And then that's when I uh I think Alex came over probably a week later and we just sat down and watched Double Down. And then before we knew it, we were like done with all the all the movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I just love them, man. I I like I can't get enough of these movies for some reason. I just if they end, I'm gonna start them all over again. It's just like people watch Breaking Bad nonstop. I do fucking Neil Neil Breen all the time. I just love it. The time investment is in your favor in that one, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hour and a half. Breaking Breen. Breaking (laughs) Breen. Oh man, I don't. They're just so much fun. I mean, they are a little uh, douche chilly and awkward when he's <laughs> around women and stuff. But I mean, the acting 
and sets and location and wardrobe it's all hysterical i, I just <laughs> i have such a great time it puts a, such a huge smile on my face watching the movie <laughs> except when he's you know touching women without their consent you know? <laughs> <laughs> except for that whole thing <laughs> uh, uh dan what about you uh yeah i i'm i have to echo what pete and alex were saying it's a lot of fun but Again, I I was trying to figure out what is the whole point. Where where's the plot of this movie? And I I thought I didn't know if this was supposed to be a drama or sci-fi or sometimes it, it had like a music cue of a horror film. And I, and then they drop hacking on us forty two minutes into the movie. <laughs> so far, I, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> okay, so I, I've kind of what he was laying down. Then all right. Oh man, yeah, it's I I didn't understand I didn't understand what he was trying to tell us with a, a a couple that hated each other and then his wife was taking pills, but then it's all about exposing the government and how they're corrupt. What? Why? Where did that come? It's so out of left field. I don't even want to begin to try to like understand it. I'm just I, I'm looking forward to what you guys think, really. <laughs> okay. Mark, what about you? Yeah, so, I mean, agree with everything. It's just, it's amazing that I look through it and go, A, how he got these people to do these things in this in all of his movies. Um, B, um, that he, he just looks like he's never interacted with another human being before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at, at any point in, in this movie. Um, and I think we said this in Double Down, and I think there's times when he says lines where I think he's saying them for takes, and then just mm-hmm. forgets to cut them out. Yeah. <laughs> because he just repeats the same lines over and over again. Um, yeah. And I think the one blonde does it at one point, um, where she says a line, pauses, hesitates, and then just re-says the line. Um, yeah. This And and C being... Um, I... It only made sense when I read, I think it was the trivia on the Faithful Findings IMDb, where it oh, says don't, that, tr- don't trust those. Those are all jokes. But no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. It's not a fact of the movie. Okay. Uh, what I'm saying is that if this guy was joking, he jokingly got into what I think is correct, is that he always tries to make himself into some kind of like Messiah-like character that saves the day at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... It, it, once you think about that, everything in most of these movies just makes sense. You're like, oh, he's he's doing a good guy versus bad guy thing, but he doesn't exactly know how to do that. So he's just like, all these people are bad. I'm good. The end. Um, and, <laughs> and, and the only way he can, I assume, do that is by rooting out corruption, which I guess comes from being uh, involved in the real estate of Las Vegas, Nevada for your entire life. Um, you probably see it a lot around there, and it also um, makes a really good filmmaker too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You sell a couple of houses. I can. I think I could make a movie. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's a natural progression. Yeah, direct and, correlation. And, and at, <laughs> at a one point in this movie, I had two things occurred to me. One, I had a flashback to our friend John's wedding when he's driving down that open road towards the rocks, mm-hmm. um, of just being on that road for so long, um, getting getting his wedding. Um, and two, I thought they were going to connect it to Double Down. I think I'm I'm too sucked into Marvel multiverse stuff <laughs> that when he gets out there, I thought he was going to find the invisible car or whatever was going <laughs> on at that point. Um, but 
<laughs> nonetheless, he did not. Um, that would have been amazing. Unfortunate. That would have made yeah. that movie, this movie so much better. Yeah. Well, there, there is a connecting tissue to Double Down in this movie. Yeah, every, right. every laptop is turned <laughs> off. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the same props, right? It has to be. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, he's the only person in the world that just types with the bottom row of the keyboard <laughs> for everything he's talking about. I I Pipes I rewound. Just slams him. Yeah. Uh, I rewound the the beginning of this movie when he gets hit by the Rolls Royce. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> oh, so good. I rewound it four times. I needed to watch it four times. It was so good. Uh, that, and... I also like that opening part too. When all the people are gathered around, and he's just filming the feet, but they're all right next to each other, as if they're all just like shoulder to shoulder, just staring at yeah. his bloody body. And, <laughs> and there's the, the the they linger on the the camera work lingers far too long in most shots. But it is good. You're right. <laughs> oh my bad. No, sorry. Sure. When David Lynch does it, it's not a problem. But when Neil Breen does it, yeah, that's where I have. Suddenly, he doesn't understand pacing. <laughs> well, so the, also the the budget went to all the cars in this movie. I'm assuming, right? You got a Rolls Royce, and then you got like a Ferrari. Oh, it's yes. ridiculous. But in the Rolls Royce, the, the camera st- like stays on this woman's legs for quite a while. Like you know, they're telling us, "Oh, this person is going to be important." <laughs> I'm with you 100 percent on this. Zero payoff. <laughs> We we never know who was in that car because she reaches for the stone. Okay, and then Breen picks up the stone while he's after he got hit. So it's almost like, oh, who is this girl? Why does she want that stone? Did he get hit on purpose? Were they trying to steal right, that from him? No, nothing, nothing of that. I thought too hard <laughs> about it. What is the stone? It's uh, it's like an infinity stone, I guess. It gives him the it's powers. Magical. It gives him pack, hacking powers from what I could uh, discern. <laughs> oh my god. Because right? he talks to that old lady for no for some reason. She tells him that he was given a gift. And he says From the that, mushroom. Yeah. Jesus. And I guess that what his gift is to root out corporate international and national <laughs> secrets. Can you to... imagine getting that from a goddamn mushroom? <laughs> yeah. I, I well, I can, but not in the way he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he can walk through uh, doors. With, yeah, he can uh, just well. bamf through. Yeah. yeah oh he... hey, man, how long are those fades, by the way? <laughs> oh, they go on and on. I think about like not even just the fades, but like some of the shots, like you were talking about, go on a little too long. And this is like an hour and forty minute movie. Yeah. What if those were all shortened? Like <laughs> he's like, stretching this out for runtime. Nice eighty-minute yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Golden ratio. Um. What do you think broke him? Right. In life. So, in life. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, because Tommy Wiseau from the room, you could kind of glean that this is a dude that was never like close with anybody, and everybody he creates himself to be like the the perfect friend, the perfect husband, and all that kind of stuff that are is betrayed mm. by everybody. What's what's Neil Breen's thing? What is the thing that he is uh, trying to uh, fulfill in his life? Is it that just to be great at everything? What is to get it? rid of corporate greed, <laughs> the bankers? Like oh, I thought, maybe bankers. like he lost his shirt in like the 2008 crash, right? But Double Down mm, was 2005, mm-hmm. so obviously he lost his mind before that. 
it's i think it's it's women <laughs> There's too many. i don't care you can sell as many houses as you want in vegas that you know and you can pay for women especially in that city yeah but you know it's somebody you're gonna walk up to in a bar you know he just heard no a lot of times and he's like i'm gonna fuck it i'm making movies now right be a messiah and all five of them. <laughs> I, yeah. I I feel like he's what Jared Leto aspires to be. <laughs> oh my god! Where because he he like basically assaults women on film and it's you know it flies and he and he almost seems to have his own cult following in these mm. movies. Yeah, and we're five of them, right? In this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. YTS movie, I came to the conclusion of one of two things with the amount of times Neil Breen is naked in this movie. <laughs> he loves himself, man. He, he, he's, he, 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 he either, he's either hanging dong or <laughs> it's it's so small that no one ever wanted to see him naked. And now he's forcing other people to see it. <laughs> it's one or the other. I, I think both can be true. Yeah. <laughs> you never know with him. He's very comfortable. Like, I would not. I don't feel as comfortable as he does. Even double down, even just he wore like the cutoff sleeve shirt and yeah. he's just like twig, like small <laughs> ass arms. Like, you know, I wouldn't even wear cutoff sleeve shirts. Like, I'm like, I don't got, <laughs> I don't got ripped arms, but Breeny does it, man. I mean, more power to him. He's just like naked top to bottom with a head brace on. Yeah. So, so, uh, Pete, you're telling me you've never stood in a shower with a fully clothed woman and just embraced. <laughs> Oh my god, that was so weird. Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Bleeding from top to bottom, <laughs> just profusely gushing blood. <laughs> He's like, "You saw Psycho? Well, watch this, bitch." <laughs> well, like, so another thing. So, why can't obviously everyone in here is they're not actors, but even one of them kind of is. I get that. But the like, girl, right? Yeah, the 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 uh, stepdaughter. So, but. At the same time, just because you're not an actor, you should still have some sort of semblance on how to act and not yeah. and not just talk like this hmm. to each other. And then yeah. this happens. Like, like no one knows how to hold a, a normal conversation. Right. It's like everybody is interacting with another person for the first time in their lives. Right. It's <laughs> someone switched them on when the camera started rolling. All right. Boot up Neil Breen and he just comes up, comes alive and. He's reading a script. It's it's uncanny. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think he sold this to the to the cast as all right. Show up on this day. We're gonna have a production meeting where we do our first read through, and they're like, "All right, let's go to a production meeting and do our first read through." And then he's just like, "All right, action!" They're like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna go through this a couple more times. <laughs> yeah, I, they probably didn't even understand how the whole concept worked. It's it seems yeah. like uh, there was part of me where I was thinking I was like, so. He's in, in front of the camera a lot, even though he's supposed to be a director. So there's a director of photography who is basically acting as director for a lot of this. So it was like, I was wondering if this was, if the guy behind the camera most of the time was more competent and he's just like, you know, maybe take that line again, take that line again. So that people mm -hmm. repeat their lines every so often. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, okay, when it gets to the editing room, Neil will understand why we did it twice or something. <laughs> and he'll cut one of them. And, but Neil did not understand why things were said twice. And yeah, but that, he's just like, that, both of these are great. <laughs> that is a common thing with line delivery throughout all five movies. I think that's Neil Breen style. He just has his own <laughs> auteur style. Right, yeah. 
That's just possible. the way he does things. It was one of those scenes where the the guy is uh, the the best friend is murdered, and he's more annoyed that he <laughs> apparently committed suicide. I can't it's believe like, he committed suicide. Yeah, I can't get you out of this one. I can't get out. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> line reading. My my, uh, my favorite part of that scene is, as we saw in Double, you got to bring up Double Down. He just likes laying in dirt, like be dirty and grimy. Like I put in the hard work in that. Scene. Yes, he's just wiping his face with the blood just so he can <laughs> have blood on his face. Like it's it's a narcissist. He gets down in the nitty gritty. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's you know along with the five or six laptops that he has. <laughs> Which any sane man has just laying around. Yeah. Um, I think that's what he thinks production value is. Like, mm-hmm. let me just get yes. all these laptops. This looks like a more expensive movie that way. I'm dirty. I'm bloody. I'm tired. I'm wasted. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> just well, uh, the one of my. About... Oh, good. Uh, I was going to say my, my favorite scene, I think my all time favorite scene in, in cinema now <laughs> is. When it, uh, Neil Breen and his his wife are fooling around, and he's just gingerly <laughs> throwing, he's like a cat, just like <laughs> pushing everything off the table. Yes, just ever so deliberately. Just, oh, oh, there it goes, and oh, now it's done. Oh, uh, I got it, the chills just now. It's, it is a masterpiece in filmmaking, and. I I would challenge anyone to do better. <laughs> oh it's... man, if I was back in like film school there and we would like have to do a scene from like like recreate a scene from a movie, I would pick a Neil Breen movie. Yes. You, <laughs> you would have to. <laughs> the shower scene where you're naked, right? Yeah, I was going to say very willing uh female Neil Breen <laughs> fan participants for that one. Yes. Uh, or like just getting reaching her maximum comfort level, right? Yeah. She's just like, this is as far as this scene's gonna go. You're I'm already doing kiss- more work than Breen did. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> not, gonna, I'm not kissing you on the mouth. Uh, <laughs> we are going to kind of hug and then everything's kind to of, the side and kind of rotate back and forth a little bit. <laughs> As if we're kind of like slow dancing at a middle school <laughs> dance, but no, nothing more than that. I'm not getting naked. And also, while you're sleeping, I'm just gonna creepily kiss you all over. <laughs> what a fucking creep! Oh my yeah. god! Oh, I want to uh, go back to when he's in the uh, hospital. He has the whole brace on his face, but then the I guess the oxygen mask. For, yeah, there's yeah, no holes in it. <laughs> It's so bad, and the and the one that goes in the nostrils is actually underneath the mask too. Yes, and he's pulling yeah. it off, and the IV has got no needle. You could see like the end of the tube when he's ripping <laughs> off the tape. Oh, it's so it's so funny. He's afraid yeah, of needles, it, I guess. And yeah. then the first uh, like close up of that mask, you just see the crudely cut mouth. Yes, in <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> Uh, I like to think that whoever, whatever uh, grip or whatever, like, and that put that cast on his head, like the 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 set must have been like, oh, finally we can't, we don't have to hear from him or see his face. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. back to the laptops, though, it's like it would be so easy just to turn all of them on, right? Yeah. Like they have, they have to be. So he's a real estate guy so i'm assuming these are like fake laptops that they would use to just prop up <laughs> that's right for staging and all that sta- yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> because it'd just be so easy unless he's just like 
like if someone's on side like oh, hey, neil shouldn't those be on and he's like oh we'll fix it in post but he has no idea what that means <laughs> he's just saying it because he's heard people say that we'll fix it in post and then they get to it, it was like well they didn't turn on it, it was wait, in a, it was in a book he saw that in a book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i think it's very um assumptuous of you dan to think that neil breen has read a book I think he wrote a book. He's wrote books. Oh, do you see all those books? Now, now, now did he write a book? Or? Well, he only wrote one. Only- <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Like he he's talking about how he's a computer engineer who's writing a book as if it's beneath him. Like computer, en- I'm sure yeah, computer right. engineers. Yeah, yeah. Write I got books. a master's degree, <laughs> and I'm writing take, books. Take my word for it. I have a master's degree. No more books. No more. Books. <laughs> he doesn't have to give you a book, guys. All right, he's not contractually obligated to give you anything. Right? <laughs> this is this is the exact same thing that George R. R. Martin says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and also the the way that like we've just described those lines, we've probably given more passion than he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah the going back to uh, Ant's thing about um, or whoever said about him under not understanding what post meant. Fix yeah. it in post. I also think all the things he says to the book editor is something he's heard too. He's like, "Oh, I heard the word retainer before." Yes, like, I got, I got to say, that you don't have a retainer on me, and I can do what I want. And he just shoot like spouting out all the all the terminology he's heard before. Yeah, yeah, he's just so angry at people willing to give him money to write a book. <laughs> I would love to know his like top five favorite films. <laughs> Just well, to know where he's probably faithful from. findings. The second one's double down. <laughs> the third one is uh, I am here now. <laughs> You're not See? wrong. He is pulling from his own movies because it's the same shit over and over again. Yeah, I sample myself. <laughs> there's a there's there's one surprise twist where early on when he he just releases himself from the hospital mm-hmm. and I guess bad on the hospital. Where's the security? They just let head. Yeah, I guess uh, victims just walk out. That are gushing um, blood. Yeah, gushing <laughs> blood. Uh, where he he mentions to his wife, "Where are my pills?" <laughs> and then he said, the very next scene, "Oh, I don't need these anymore." <laughs> yeah, he's demanding her to fetch him his pills. Right, and then and she, she looks th- nervous about it. Yeah, well, because she's she's just thinking of all the pills that she could be taking if he doesn't take his. Yeah. Right. Um, I I enjoyed the fact that he patted his shirt three times despite not having a pocket on the shirt. And <laughs> <laughs> just like obviously does not is not carrying a giant bottle of pills in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Really, what was his what was his thinking during that scene? Like I'm going to ask for pills, but then I'm going to say I don't need them anymore. Why? It's like, I I feel like the whole patting the chest looking for it is like that thing we do when people ask us what time it is and we look at our wrist. You know, it's like, like I've seen people look for things in touch, oh, like yeah, pocket yeah. areas. <laughs> oh man, it must be so weird being an alien on this earth and trying to pass <laughs> off as human. Oh, do you, how think, jealous do you think he is of Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> I don't know. I think you know Tommy Wiseau is a one trick pony. He can't That's really. What, uh, yeah. I, that, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't see Neil Breen movies getting midnight uh, midnight releases, right? Uh, not, I, not yet. Not That's not true. quite to the extent of the room. Obviously, I'm sure there's yeah, probably right, some right. places that that have them. I know this like premiered at like uh, somewhere in Austin for Harry Knowles thing. 
Oh, the buttonomathon, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess there's no, I don't, there's no double Neil Breen screenings in Philly. I know that. Right. And no yeah. one's going to these these uh, theaters in their cut-off vests. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be. Maybe, maybe we just need one person to start it. Maybe we could be those people. Why not? That's our calling. <laughs> Speaking uh, of, you were, you were talking about um, <clears throat> Neil patting his shirt down to see if he had the pills. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> but speaking of the, I don't know if you guys notice, he has the same style shirt, like the same exact shirt, and just different colors throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's got the, the sleeves are rolled the up. Sleeves rolled up. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. The guy's got style. You got to give him that. <laughs> and they're rolled up, man. They are high. Yeah, as, as high as he could possibly get those shirts mm-hmm. to be rolled up. You can't go and one more. You're in the pit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's two sizes too big so it's like a super like, the, yeah. the cuff is so thick around his arm and we and we were uh i think aunt or mark you were talking about how he kept saying we'll fix things in post and like the the director of photography was behind the camera most of the time and yeah. like all right well let, let's just do a couple uh couple takes of that they didn't do it for one scene and that was the kidnapping scene where <laughs> the, the, it was like an <laughs> awkward run-in. Yeah, and, and Neil looked at it and was like, "Perfect, no notes." <laughs> yep, that's how. That's how people yeah. get kidnapped. <laughs> he did the Ed Wood thing. Cut, print, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and then he's giving us the play-by-play. <laughs> the very next scene. Oh yeah, I'm outside the house <laughs> where you usually walk through to get yeah. to the front. Yeah. Your and purse. I is see on your purse on. <laughs> Dan, he can can make these great scenes because he doesn't have to worry about notes from the corrupt corporations that run film studios. Yeah, he's an independent auteur. Most chemistry he has with anybody in this movie are voicemail boxes, which is funny uh, because he a lot of the times he's like, "Are you there? Pick up!" Like he's talking to like a home machine rather than like a cell machine, which you know. Who has the home machine at this point? Uh... <laughs> also, either way, he would know, right? That he was talking yeah. to a machine, but he's he he doesn't know because, <laughs> like you said, he's an alien. I was going to say because he he doesn't understand how machines operate. <laughs> <laughs> that master's said, degree is wasted. You said hello. That must mean you're there. <laughs> I heard you a second ago. <laughs> oh, so you're saying he would fall for those like those answering machines, like hey. How's it going? Nah, mm-hmm. just kidding. I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> he must have been so confused when he called the home phone and it was his voice that answered that picked up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm just outside. That's like, not I'm me. Inside. The corruption goes all the way to the top. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And I mean this whole like I'm not even like being ironic. The ending. Oh my Holy god. Holy What a fucking shit. scene. I'm glad, I'm glad that he discovered green screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and like green I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure green he screen. uses it. He uses it a lot in his next few movies too. But oh, wow. I, I, I at that point my brain was completely broken. So <laughs> I was just I I was just totally on board for it at that point. Like yeah. <laughs> Politicians just blowing their heads off in front of the media. Why not? At a pause. Yeah. At a pause. 
I love the one dude's just like, I am president of the bank. (laughs) (laughs) The bank. Oh, at man. Position at the bank. Yeah. They, also, they also had doctor of the hospital. That's right. <laughs> oh, all those corrupt God. hospitals. Oh, oh, man. And they're all just shooting each other with their, <laughs> themselves in front of everybody. No one's reacting to it at all. <laughs> and, and they don't even know how to hold the gun. Like, they bring the yeah. gun up very awkwardly to their heads. <laughs> like, are you sure you want me to do this, Neil? They're yeah. looking at Neil off camera going, really? <laughs> is this a real gun, Neil? It's, it's, yes, right, Neil. <laughs> oh, God, it feels it's... heavy, Neil. Are you sure this isn't loaded? <laughs> Trust me, it's for the art. <laughs> and he, his reaction shots in that scene are frightening. They are. <laughs> he smiles, right? He's, He's so smiling. Scary. That that weird, not completely understanding what a smile is. Smile. <laughs> Just like this is my plan. It's all coming together. Oh, Real quick, that is weird. What do you think Neil Breen's doing right now? I hope Working he's his... making a sequel for Twisted Pair, <laughs> right? That's the on the docket, right? That's the next one, supposedly. Oh, yeah, man, just a day in the life of Neil Breen must be fascinating. I, I would, I would just love to talk. Like, I'm assuming he has nobody in like a close circle of friends, but if there is, man, would I love to pick their brains? Like, what yeah. is like, what is Neil like? Because you're not going to get a straight answer from Neil. Right, but no, to people, people that like consider him a friend, like what the fuck? Right, <laughs> you, like, what do you get out of that friendship? <laughs> it's like, have you bottomed out of every other relationship you've ever had, and you're now you're stuck with Neil Breed? It's like befriending. It's like befriending the like a, the weird guy on the subway, right? Like nobody <laughs> wants to be, <laughs> but a, with a way better filmography, right? That's yeah, true. and better hair too. <laughs> I love that Neil Breen soy sauce hair. Can, can one of you guys? I, I'm hoping one of you guys can l- explain to me what the like the, the like the little fart thing is that goes across the screen oh. every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's like what is that? Ghost. Is it a ghost? I, so. I don't know. What's the what's the 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 fart? What who's the guy with the dress shoes? The woman oh, yeah. with woman in mm-hmm. the Rolls Royce. Yeah, I, who knows what any of this? Who's the old lady? The rescue guy is the government. Yeah. Oh, he. So he. Me. So that's the stand-in for the government. But the government also has the powers to materialize on the other side of doors. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I forgot well, about that. <laughs> when Neil goes to save uh, the 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 lo- the love interest, Leah. the doctor. Yeah, Leah, twenty, the, the girl that's twenty years younger than him, but also <laughs> the same age as him. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and how many points would this be on the chisel scale? Oh my God! I mean, <laughs> uh, Neil Neil Breen, Breen out cages Nick Cage. So, oh yeah, it's through the roof, ridiculous. Well, so when he goes to save Leah in that, uh, I think it's a what is it? It's it's, it's not, like a horse trailer. It's a trailer, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so, it's a storage unit. Right? Is he? The he's at, they're at the storage facility, but the dude falls asleep in front, like the guy that's kidnapping oh, her. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Just, just takes a, a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, um, well, kidnapping is, yeah, a, is very high. He took it way too literally. You're right. <laughs> I think he well, sniffed some of that chloroform. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He also didn't change his outfit either. He's just like, I just kidnapped this bitch. What am I gonna do? Take a nap? Sounds good. So. Yeah. My work know, here is done. You know those great 
kidnapper plans where they write out the exact address and location <laughs> of where the kidnapping is going. Oh yeah, and just hang out in broad daylight. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so he he goes to rescue her, tells takes the gag out of her mouth, takes the blindfold off, regags her, re-blindfolds her, phases out of the door that was already open. <laughs> no, he doesn't have the key. Yeah, that's... I thought he opened it. No, no he, he, he has to materialize through the door. That makes much more sense now. Like, yeah, well, yeah, why yeah. didn't he just open the door? No, because he it's locked, and he tries to get the guy to give him a key, and the guy says he doesn't, so he breaks a Bud Light bottle over his no head. <laughs> why didn't he? Why didn't he get the key from that guy then? The guy said he didn't have it. I guess he took it out him at his word. <laughs> well, how did he get her in the trailer then? He lost the keys when he locked it. You know that old <laughs> swallowing the key thing? Like, oh, uh, damn. That, that, so he earned that rest for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he had his tummy, tummy ache. <laughs> uh, so, Fateful Findings from 2013 is directed by Neil Breen, director of Double Down. I am here, dot, 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 now. Pass through Twisted Pair, starring Neil Breen, Clara Landrat, Jennifer Autry, Victoria Viveros, David Silva, John Henry Hoffman, and Danielle Andrade. IMDb score of 44.3, and Rotten Tomatoes score of 46% audience. And I didn't have any budget or box office numbers. But through the roof, I assume. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all right there on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a joke that I wrote here. Men will literally uncover the most secret government and corporate secrets instead of going to therapy. Uh, <laughs> he, he does go to, doesn't he go to therapy? Uh, he, so that this is the one thing. I feel like I feel like the psychotherapy scenes are autobiographical because the whole movie, the psychotherapist is trying to get him to take pills. And yeah. I feel like this is Neil telling his his real life therapist he doesn't need pills. Also, I felt bad for that lady because th- he goes back to her a couple of times. She's wearing the same thing and he has different stuff on. He has like, different clothes on. As yeah. if to, you know, just like, I, th- this isn't just one session, everybody. I'm going back multiple times. And I just like the picture that she's just stuck in that tiny room for days on end. <laughs> waiting for Neil. Just sitting, just waiting, just waiting, <laughs> twiddling I, her I thumbs. Wonder, I wonder if he told, like, you know, bring your own wardrobe to set whenever you're on. And oh, that's 100%. just all she had. Like, this is my my finest dress. This is all I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can they sit any closer, too, by the way, in folding chairs? <laughs> right. It's like a literally in her lap. Yeah, his <laughs> knees are in her thighs. <laughs> But that's like literally that's every scene though. It's like everybody is way too close. Like the, the there's the end of the barbecue where everybody's oh just in frame. God. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like they're getting ready to take a group photo, but they're all just talking. Do you remember the the scene right before they're all standing outside the the barbecue where they're all right next to each other? Yeah. Didn't the one guy try to like sexually yeah. assault the other girl? Yeah, he yes. tries to grab his uh, Russian mail order bry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Then he's fine in the next scene. He's yeah. absolutely fine in the next scene. Everyone's taking a picture together. They're yeah. all lined up. It's a class photo. It's great. Yeah. yeah. He's not drunk anymore, I guess. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> Jim likes to pound some Bud Lights, man. <laughs> I, I like in that scene where they fill in crowd noise and there's only like five people there. Oh, yeah. God, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> It's so funny because in, even in the scene before, they're like, let's have a nice, quiet, relaxing barbecue with just Jim and Amy. And then it's like, other people are here, too. And here's crowd noise to make you think that there's more people here. Right. It makes it sound like there's 30, 40 people there. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love the fact that they're all surprised the doctor shows up. 
this private barbecue. Yeah. Oh, and for man. some reason, there's a fiance now. There's a fiance, I... and what what bothered me, his name was also Jim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's like five characters in this movie, and he ran out of male names. Like, oh, fuck. The reveal, <laughs> the reveal to each other's character that they are, you know, longtime friends from when they were kids is isn't what you what you think it would be. It was just like. I thought it was you. It was just kind of. Yeah, because, that's you. Yeah. Oh, that's you. Oh, uh, like it, so weird. Yeah, that that, that I, whole scene, they went out of their way to not reveal her first name. Like I keep bringing up the doctor of the hospital. Yeah. Like that's how she's introduced <laughs> around just so they can't say her name. Yeah. Um, so they can have that reveal happen. I'm not his patient, but I'll check up on him. Like, and if, yeah. <laughs> I, I love in that scene, uh, Leah gives the wife a dirty look. <laughs> Oh yeah, because she, the the wife noticed that Leah is talking to Neil Breen, and she's like, "Well, what the hell's going on here?" And Leah has the audacity of like, "What the fuck's wrong with you, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> You're hitting on this guy's husband or this woman's husband." Yeah, it's also it's also weird that Neil Breen has been pining for a girl that he hasn't seen since she was eight. Yes, yeah. this, mm-hmm. this is like the woman that he has set every other physical relationship up against on a pedestal. And that girl was eight years old. <laughs> I wonder, like you said, I wonder if this is like autobiographical in a way. Yeah. Where he's like, I, yeah, there, there's a woman that he he wishes that he could be with since he was, you know, he was like nine years old or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, he's never is... got over it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all have the one that we got that got away, right, boys? Yep. <laughs> Mine was at nine. Yeah. Or she nine. was nine yep. at least. <laughs> <laughs> which is also that scene is also pretty funny we're like don't worry the airplane's not gonna leave without us uh, they, yeah they will they'll fucking leave <laughs> like, too. but you don't like, know that man <laughs> that guy doesn't understand how planes work uh, yeah <laughs> see 25 b's down here we can't leave yet we gotta wait around i I could just imagine them showing up late and him freaking out. Like, what do you mean the plane left? <laughs> this isn't supposed to happen. And she's I like, I told you, the airlines are wings of the corporate greed and government <laughs> scandals. And the uh, young Leah is like, where's Dylan? Where's Dylan? And he just like pops up. Like, yeah, he's right behind the car. She's staring right at him. I'm right here. Off. <laughs> and again, the humans not knowing how to show emotion the way they wave to each other it it's almost like they've they don't they've never learned how to wave before so <laughs> the way that like these big long strokes of waving in the air instead of just giving you know like all right see you later it's like, yeah I had, pa- I had to pause that and rewind it for my wife multiple times <laughs> yeah yeah and uh either it's that so is so awkward that it's the, either that it's the slowest driving car of all time, or oh my god, it <laughs> <laughs> just let yeah. off the get. He just let off the brake and just let it roll down the street. And they're late for the plane. We established yeah. that, <laughs> and he's driving so slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, them waving. It's kind of like like in terms of no idea of what they're doing behind it. It's kind of like when you see those videos of like where those eight, like the Chinese people have trained like put beaten dogs to like stand up and walk normally, <gasps> like on yeah. two legs. It's kind of like that. They're like, they don't really understand what they're doing, but that's what, <laughs> what they've been told to do it. Right. <laughs> or he's yeah. just like, his his directing, his one directing advice was like, just wave like you're underwater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you think slow that, and deliberate. you think that's what it is? Do you think like the, the actors or actresses that are in this movie, like they know how to interact 
like a human, but his direction to them like just messes up their whole yeah. right. Their whole it's gotta be right. Because yeah, no think. normal person waves or talks the way that these actors do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all talk like Neil Breen. Yeah. <laughs> they do, yeah. Yeah. That's I wonder if that's all the ADR. <laughs> He's like, why are you guys talking like you know each other? <laughs> <laughs> what is this communication you guys have? What is this rapport? Oh, uh, no, no, no. That's too close there. Too close. Too much motion. And that's the right. thing. It's like they get in, you know, actors is a profession. You should be able to emote. That should be like the one of the first fucking things that you should know how to do as an actor. Yeah. And they're all just like, I love you. <laughs> I can't take seeing you like this anymore. Oh. I hate when you're in pain. Oh, okay. yeah, it sounds like it. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to have two seconds of breath in between each line. Right. <laughs> That's the Breen way. And a lot of the actresses stare at the camera. I, I just, I don't understand how any of this gets past so many eyes. Or I, yeah. I don't know how many eyes are on it, but someone would have to say something to him. Like, yeah, like Neil, she's looking right at the camera but I want her to look at the camera. <laughs> it's like they're waiting for someone to yell cut. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I've said my line. Right. What else? What happens now? <laughs> but I wouldn't have been surprised if at one point Breen did say cut in the middle of a scene. <laughs> I just kept it in there. Right. It's like, yeah. like he's arguing with his wife about the pills and she says the line two, three times. And Neil just says, okay, cut. And then we go to the next scene. <laughs> Or him saying cut like it's like his the line gets cut off like like he's <laughs> real bad editing. <laughs> he uses cut in a completely different way. <laughs> yeah, it, again, it, it should really it, these movies should make you feel pretty good about your chances at kind of going out and come true, and I, I mean mm. that in a good way. Like like you see what this guy's able to do. You could probably do better. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's the thing is like I was telling my wife yesterday, like when you are doing an independent picture with very little money, or even if it's like a student project or whatever, filmmaking is about getting resources for your film. And yeah, yeah you got to have the script, you got to have all that, but it's about getting resources. These are all the resources he has. He's got six laptops. He's got <laughs> just as many cell phones that he can throw around. He's got a few books. And access to some actors and houses. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actors. I say actors. That's very generous. Strippers. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and the, the one thing I will say, and it, it's going to sound kind of self-serving, but uh, Mark, Anthony, and I, when we were younger, we did our own kind of sketches, right? And none of us are actors. And I'm not going to pretend like we're, we were great or anything like that. But And I'm sure Ant and Mark can back me up. We actually looked like humans when we acted. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we we did reach that that uh, that bar. That's yeah. a good milestone to hit. <laughs> that's it, that's Look like saying. a human. Like, it's it's the lowest thing that you can do when you're shooting something. It's just act natural, act like you like the camera's not there, kind of thing. No mm -hmm. one in this movie does that. No one. No, it, it it's like they're fully aware. There's a camera staring right at them, <laughs> and they have to read these lines a certain way. Yeah, it's like Breen was like, okay, you ready? We're all set up. Okay, good. Action. And then all the actors just like, there's a fucking camera there. Oh, there's a camera there. There's a camera there. Oh, God. What are we going to do? Deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it's great though i think <laughs> for the, for the uh the purposes of this obviously mm-hmm. but yeah but you, as uh pete and alex were saying you go down the rabbit hole and i feel like it's just something you just do for fun and it, it's not supposed to be taken seriously oh god i hope not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh you guys want to get into this plot yeah, why not <laughs> yeah all right dan what do you got for us oh boy okay get back on track uh just going to give a quick shout out to our friend Tia. She has a podcast called The Top Ten with Tia. Go check it out. Go to geekvibesnation.com. Just search Top Ten with Tia. Give her a follow. She's great. Okay, great. And we're going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some ads from Friends of the Podcast. And we'll be back in a second. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me. As I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for Fateful Findings. We open and we see some sort of large book on a pedestal in some random ass storage facility. And then we cut to two kids, a boy and a girl, walking in the forest until they come across a mushroom, which then turns into a jewelry box that carries a single black stone in it. And it's a magical day, which Leah says twice and then writes it down in her notebook, just so we're all very clear about this magical day. And then we immediately cut to Leah and her parents getting out of Dodge like people are after them. And her mom says they're going to be late for their flight, but her dad says the plane won't leave without them. And I'm not sure he knows how planes work. Nope. <laughs> Then Leah and Dylan have a very dramatic wave goodbye. And, yeah. and little yeah. new fact, Leah's dad, Sammy the Bull. <laughs> it's probably. That's the way they're leaving. Like, oh, man, my cover's blown. 
Anil Breen as an adult, Dylan comes in into VO saying he never saw or heard from Leah again. As if telephones don't exist. Yeah. Speaking of telephones, it's now present day and Dylan and his wife, Emily, talk to each other on the phone, made up entirely of one-sided conversations, if that makes any sense. And Neil Breen oh, walks. You, you never with... see Neil Breen answering, right? No. It's, it's just the wife talking and it's just a, a, a wide-angle shot of him on the yeah. phone. Yeah. That's right. I remember that now. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't just have him answering. <laughs> like he's talking, but you don't hear any of the audio, and it just seems like they just forgot to put it in. <laughs> un- un- unbelievable. <laughs> that just that sets the tone. So Neil Breen walks around in his new human skin for a bit, then drops his phone in the middle of the street and gets absolutely annihilated by Rolls Royce. I will say, not bad in terms of that effect. For the bar is super low, but him getting just crushed by that Rolls Royce, it totally works. I'm it's with so you. Good. <laughs> I was I was expecting him it, it to be like Poochie getting pulled out of frame, where, <laughs> sure. where he gets hit and it just the the cell being dragged to the right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then his Russian mail order wife trying to talk to him over the phone the whole time. Woman gets out of the back of the rolls, and we only see her legs as the crowd gathers around Dylan to stand around in their ill-fitting jeans. Everybody had just terrible jeans in this scene. <laughs> little, little known fact: uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino was the second unit director on this movie. Oh yeah, he re- he shot that the fuck out of the those legs <laughs> and those pumps, and everybody just simply stares at Dylan lying on the ground, his face bloodied, uh, and the woman from the rolls. Be- okay. If I knew what kind of movie this, if I didn't know what Neil Breen was, I would assume by the end of this movie, that the girl walking out of the roles was the the friend, the wife. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah, that could the, be uh, yep. Not not it's yeah the, the other one that's well, in that kind of yeah yeah Amy in that a kind of abusive relationship um, yeah. that's going on there. Um, but that would have been like the twist would have <laughs> been. But then I remembered it's a Neil Breen movie. It, yeah, it can't be a twist that doesn't involve Neil Breen. So. <laughs> I like the um while we're while we're at this scene, the one guy who's like, I saw it, it's the Rolls Royce. He I'm did like, the car's still there. Like this is not a hit and run at all. No. The person did it. They did exactly yeah. what they're supposed to do in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're giving a statement about an accident to the police, you all, you make sure it's in that statement that you say, I'm a witness. I saw it. It's the Rolls Royce. It's right there. <laughs> he did have an Australian accent, so he's probably yeah. a criminal. So yeah. he's like, "That's what I would do. I'd run." So in in this scene, a couple people say their lines twice, and I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of odd." But that's just par for the course, as we've already discussed. <laughs> yeah. You learn mm-hmm. to get used to it while you're watching. Yeah. The brain, that's the brain style. Is he it's okay? A- Is he okay? Wait, wait, if, <laughs> if like I'm at the, the one, scene, I'm like, why the did you just guy? say it twice? Was the one well, guy from Goodfellas? Uh, oh, Jimmy, two times. Jimmy, two times. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go get the papers. Get the papers. Everybody's Jimmy, two times here. So it was I'll a Rolls Royce. Was a Rolls Royce. Then the woman from the Rolls Royce bends down to. I, she magically puts his rock in his hand, and then Dylan gets carted away by two e- EMTs who couldn't be in less of a rush. <laughs> he gets he gets sent to the hospital and has his face bandaged and we're introduced sort of to his friend Jim who just shows up up to the hospital and comforts Dylan's wife the doctor says he's in critical condition unconscious and it does not look good 
that another doctor comes in, an attractive blonde woman, most assuredly not the same age as Neil Breen, comes in and checks on Dylan too. And for some reason, yeah. she wants to keep tabs on him, even though he's not her patient. Yeah, and they, they, I gotta give it to him a little bit. He does the reveal shot of the bracelet. Yeah, uh, it's pretty you know. good. Yeah. It, seem, it seems like he knows what he's doing at that moment. Yeah, that, that was the actual director <laughs> of photography shot. Yeah. Neil Breen. Now, is, is that the fateful finding? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it's oh, a mushroom. The, what is, is the fateful finding the mushroom, or is it just the corporate secrets? Yeah. Oh. National and international. Dude. Well, it's findings, it, so there's multiple. Yeah. That's a good point. There, that's there a good point. Go. He's not <laughs> limiting himself to one find. <laughs> and Everything that's actually is... the, the best thing about this movie. Multiple interpretations <laughs> yeah. of the title. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> everyone leaves everyone leaves Dylan to give to give him his rest, and he starts to stir awake thanks to the rock, I suppose, and undoes it his oxygen mask, his IV, and just walks out of the hospital, giving us a pretty good look at Neil Breen's ass as he walks in the hospital gown. Then we see the feet of some man walk into frame in a pair of dress shoes and then disappears, and that doesn't really play a major part in this movie, but it happens. Now, I I, I haven't seen the other movies yet, so this is more of a... a, a... Pete and Alex question. Yeah. Uh, does the Breen ass show up in every single movie? That's a really great question. You know what? <laughs> From here on out, I only, I don't think, hmm. We'll double down for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yes. We have ball sack. I'm here. Beat, beat, beat. Now, I I don't think so in that one because he's more Messiah alien ish. I honestly don't remember. I mean, I'm just yeah. going to say, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 yeah. twi- twisted pair, I think we see as twisted pair in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all about testicular torsion, right? <laughs> the PSA. <laughs> I don't, I don't care what happens in this movie, but everyone has to see my ass. That's the only thing I need. Yeah, no one, I mean... no one at all. <laughs> then Neil Breen's ass. Yeah, it's it's so weird that him and uh, apparently Tommy Wiseau had just an obsession with their own asses. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, because they're so far up their own asses, because they're yeah. narcissists. No, it, it, I, because I believe Alex said it at the beginning of the show that he's just been told no so many times throughout his life. Now he's forcing it on us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can and do you, whatever I want. Right? It's you, my movie. You're gonna see my ass. Do, do you think this is the way he gets the women into the uncomfortable scenes? Is going well. I'm the one that's going to be naked. Right. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. My penis will be out. I mean, you got nothing to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, there is a 0% chance that he uses a cock sock in the, in no, the scene no, where he's naked. Full out, full I on am the cock sock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the female doctor comes back to check on him and realizes Dylan is not in the hospital bed and calls his doctor who tells her that he didn't discharge Dylan from the hospital. Dylan, meanwhile, yeah. walked all the way home with an absolutely gaping head wound and decides <laughs> to take a shower. Oh, it's Vegas, baby. <laughs> and then his Russian mail order wife joins him in the shower against the actress's will, and they sort of shuffle in some sort of circle in the shower, his head still pouring blood down his entire body. Later, his wife calls the female doctor and tells her that he's doing great and he's back to work on his next book as they speak. And then we see Dylan fall out of his desk chair, toppling over several laptops because the pain in his head is so great, which I'm sure doesn't mean he should be back in the hospital for observation. (laughs) Dylan later has a call with his publishers yelling at them about their deadlines. He demands that they don't even call him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Dylan talks about how he's got a master's degree in computers, but he wound up being a novelist and he spends his time autographing his books. Is that what he was doing in that scene? Yeah. Oh, 
But there, was a, there is another scene where he's in the office, he's looking at the computer, typing three keystrokes, and then looking in the book and then writing something in the book. Yeah. So I don't know if it those are dedications that he's supposed to be writing in the book. Or what's going on? He doesn't know what he's doing. That's basically. <laughs> no. yeah, it's, it's supposed <laughs> to be research for his book, but it's his book. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he's yeah, doing. And, and those books on his desk that are totally full of words. Yeah, right. <laughs> These books are full of words <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> then we then we cut to Jim and his wife, Amy, having an argument. Jim is drunk on water, complaining about how they don't have sex anymore. But it's because his wife is very busy with all the problems her office at the bank is having. Her back hurts. Her, her back now, hurts. Now, does she work for the corrupt bank at the end? I mean, all banks are corrupt, are they not? Oh, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> so she's part of the well, problem. There's only, yeah, absolutely. But there's only one bank, as we know by the end. I don't, yeah, you know, don't want point. to get too far ahead. But... Yeah. Doesn't Emily also work at the bank? The Russian mail order bride? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Did yeah. they ever she say says, what she does? She, she says the bank failed. Yeah. At one point. The bank failed. <laughs> the bank failed. <laughs> uh, they're having this argument with an earshot of Amy's. Now, I don't understand the relationship between this girl, uh, Allie, and these two because Amy calls her her stepdaughter, and Jim does not seem to take any um, re- ownership of Allie. So I'm not that's, sure if that's just... his daughter. Right, but he acts like it's not his. Right, um, it's so weird. <laughs> they get really. She gets really upset and goes cries in her room after Jim storms off. Storms off, and then back at Dylan and Emily's. Dylan is hard at work typing away on a computer that isn't on and calls out to Emily asking where his pills are. So he good. Pat, he pats his pockets as if they'd be there, but Emily just grabs them for him from the medicine cabinet and helps herself to a, too, a little too while she's at it. So Hefty makes a whole big deal about his pills. She tosses them to him from off screen, maybe because they couldn't get the actress on set that day. And then he immediately decides he's done with the pills and then gets his ass up out of the chair to flush them down the toilet. Then his Russian well, mail order wife fishes no them flush. out of the toilet. No, and then no flush, no flush. Then they're gonna go <laughs> he throws them in there. Well, yeah, them well, do you the think they're just going to disappear? Yeah, it's just like na- nature will take care of this, as it yeah. always does. And then she just scoops him out with her dirty hands. Uh, and honestly, she looks more comfortable fishing in the toilet than she did taking a shower with a naked nude, yeah. nude which I totally get. Uh, Dylan then passes out at his desk with the rock in his hand, and he dreams that he is Neil in Neil Breen's garage with garbage bags covering the walls. And of course, he's naked. That scene is so good. <laughs> He wakes up and spills the coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's the next time he passes out. Okay, <laughs> so real quick question. And I know I said this had the most cohesive narrative, but my <laughs> one uh, gripe with it is where are we during the garbage scene or the garbage bag room scene? I think we're inside the rock. I thought it was the cube. Yeah. Oh, okay. But what I, is the cube? Come on, Alex. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is just it's like uh, why why would he p- tape garbage bags up on the wall that's the only reason why I could think of because right. we're supposed to think we're in this black rock <laughs> I, I'm assuming there's supposed to be something more substantial going on with that with those scenes in the, the, the quote unquote stone or wherever yeah. the hell he is I'll, 
I'm Look, right with you. I, I thought it was like, is this another level of consciousness? Is this yeah. a spiritual realm? Like, where the hell are we? But we're literally right. just in a little black cube. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think I think Neil Breen uh, rented Mulholland Drive one day, and he's like, <laughs> sure, let's do this. Yeah, it's, I can do this. <laughs> I can definitely do this. He's like, so wait, you don't have to make sense when you make a movie. Oh, he took that to 11. <laughs> Uh, and of course he's naked Uh, his wife wakes him up and asks him what he was dreaming of and he says he feels like something is inside of him she asks him if he's he's been taking his medicine and he says yes despite the fact that he just made an enormous show flushing them down the toilet 20 seconds ago (laughs) and now Dylan is off to his psychiatrist's office and it's obvious for a number of reasons that Neil Breen has never been to a therapist's office because he assumes that it's just very similar to a boardroom as he sits on one end, the psychotherapist <laughs> on the other end, and ten desk chairs empty in between them. So this probably this this probably this uh, answers a lot of questions we have for Neil Breen because he doesn't know what it's like the inside of a therapist's office looks like, <laughs> which he obviously needs to. Yes. Um, so it's also possible that these two actors are never in the same room together. Dylan says he's feeling less stable, and the doctor says he's prescribed the medication to help him write his book. And then Dylan just pieces out, nothing resolved. <laughs> and Dylan then calls his publisher, saying he needs more time to write his book because he's still recovering from the accident. Then he has another brain episode and spills coffee all over his dead laptop, <laughs> and then onto himself as he passes out, face down on his desk. And there, he really needs to be in a hospital at this point. <laughs> there's there's a line of dialogue when he's talking to the publisher. And he's, he's like, oh, deadlines, dead, your deadlines. I have deadlines. What deadlines do you have? <laughs> you got to finish this book. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- yeah, those are, his, th- those are the same <laughs> those deadlines. Are the same. That I, 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 want, I wonder if we're supposed to read that he dies in the car accident the whole, and he's, this, is, this is all a dream. That would be way better. Right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's uh, Jacob's Ladder scenario. It's a Jacob's Ladder yeah, scenario. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jim is working on his Ferrari in his garage with the door closed and the engine running, apparently, which is sort of foreshadowing for what Jim will quote unquote do later. And then his wife comes in to nag him about working on his car rather than spending time with her, which I mean, at this point, yeah, I get it. (laughs) She turned him down. Yeah. And then she's like, you don't want to spend time with me? Real naggy. Women, right? (laughs) Yep. Uh, but later, Emily calls Amy to invite her, her, Jim, and their daughter over for dinner. And then just like that, this group of aliens inhabiting the skin of their hosts sit around a table with no food on the table or in their plates, acting like someone is going to come in and serve them. I'm doing Emily a report shares. on elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your report. He doesn't want to hear about your report. I'm leaving. Like, it's what is going on here. <laughs> Actually, I do want to hear about this report. Ooh, he, he gives Jim a dirty look. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you like mind your own goddamn business, Jim. <laughs> I'm going to get in this girl's pants. I'm going to hear about this elephant report. I'll give you shit. <laughs> I don't care what I have to do. I know a thing or two about elephants. They have trunks. <laughs> Let me show you something. Oh. They have uh-uh. the long trunks. and. <laughs> I also think that's probably one of the things that Breen heard at either in a Mulholland Drive director's commentary or at some some filmmaking uh, conference is that conflict is good mm-hmm. yes. in, in scenes or stories or movies or whatever because that 
that dinner scene with no food on the table or anything like pizza <laughs> it's like do you want to hear about the elephants no and then all of a sudden there's a fight it's like what, what? no you have to lead up there's a, at least three or four more things going on before you lead up to the conflict and he just didn't seem to get that and there's no resolution to that conflict <laughs> no no everything's fine the next scene yeah Another insight into the mind of Breen. Just <laughs> create conflict without any idea of what a resolution should be. Right. Right. Well, this is how life works, right? People get angry and then everything's fine afterwards. There's no. Yeah, you yell at them and then you just walk away, right? Good. Right. Cut, print, perfect. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> so Emily shares some wine with Amy while Jim and Dylan just pounce bud lights like real american human beings would do according to those commercials neil breen has seen at least once before <laughs> and everyone just marvels over how great dylan seems to be doing you know other than the constant fainting spells he seems to be having and then jim gets drunk enough to knock over his bud light and then no one cleans it up he's yeah. so blase about it <laughs> i think he's just like i spilled that let's get some wine in, in me instead <laughs> And then uh, then Allie tries to talk to Dylan about a school project and Jim just basically tells her to shut up and gets upset and excuses herself from the table. <laughs> the real daughter, though. The real dad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he treats her like that's his stepdaughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dylan then says he's not feeling very well and then the scene just ends. Oh, <laughs> real quick, real quick. I thought that was going to a dark place where the daughter leaves and then Neil Breen says, oh, I don't feel well. Yeah. And then he's going to go follow the daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've seen that porn, too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just missing the, the cutaway to the daughter, like hiding behind like the, the wall, kind of like, yeah, come come over here. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden I have a bad headache. <laughs> See, a great director just, you know, like he gives you the idea. He doesn't necessarily right. have to show it. He'll give you the idea of what happens. Right. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, you just have to show, don't tell. You it's know? like, it's like jazz. It's all about the notes you don't play. Exactly. Yeah. And he's a master musician. <laughs> he does do the music for this music. I'm back. sure he does. <laughs> And then we cut to Dylan getting very angry about how much work he has to do, throwing papers and pens all over his office. But instead of writing his book, Dylan drops a bomb on the audience out of nowhere, telling us that he's going to continue to hack into the government systems to see what he could find. God. 42 yeah. minutes into the movie. <laughs> That's the plot all of a sudden. Yeah. And we're basically watching George R.R. R. Martin do everything besides finish The Winds of Winter. Um, because he knows there's corruption going on. And then we cut to a possible post-coital Amy and Jim sleeping in bed like they're about to get massages. Jim tries to talk to his wife, but she rolls over to ignore him as they're both trying to get some sleep. What seems to be about 7.30 p.m., judging by the light coming in through the window. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, There's a, a scene where the, the Russian mail-order bride asks Neil Bream to come to bed. Like, oh, it's so late. It, there's sunlight coming through the window. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there there are some scenes where it's like he they've lit it to make it look like golden hour, which yeah. is commendable. They're like, oh, you know, you guys tried. You put in an effort. But the whole problem is those scenes are supposed to take place at night. Take <laughs> <laughs> advantage of that. Absolutely. Like, there's a yeah, there's some intention there. Yeah, uh, but they don't the deliver. Place. Yeah. <laughs> All that effort for nothing. 
exactly. Uh, then a drugged up Emily talks on the phone to maybe Dylan's psychiatrist to tell whoever is on the other end that Dylan stopped taking his medication and then asks for the plug to hook her up with some pills. And Dylan has another meeting his, with his psychotherapist who is still trying to push pills on, at Dylan. And then Dylan and his wife argue over her pill addiction. And so <laughs> there's some lines of the scene that just made me laugh. Uh, your pill, your, your pill taking for pain relief has gotten out of control. Was one of them. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he tries to get her to go to rehab, and she says no. And then out of nowhere, Dylan starts tapping away on his laptop, telling her he really has to get some work done. And then she says she hates her job. But he just goes on and on about how he's hacking is going to change the world. And <laughs> Dylan's wife is literally pleading for help. And he can't look past his important work. And he yells at her, it's a crutch. Which, which <laughs> also just made me laugh. <laughs> uh, I don't know why this woman's pill addiction makes me laugh so much. But it does. Because you know. it's not real. It's, it's so not real. <laughs> And then we cut to his office and his wife says, she's done talking. And he pulls her close to him and he says, oh, really? And just starts to throw shit around on the (laughs) ground, including his laptops that aren't on. And papers in the air with no regards for the potential paper cuts they might cause. (laughs) No. I mean, the laptops in this film take a beating. They take a real, real beating. One of the breaks looks like. Uh, Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he accidentally cracked one of the screens. Oh, he must have been in, like in the worst mood after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, the next movie, the, four, the, the fourth movie, the fourth movie, there's one less laptop <laughs> than there was in this movie. <laughs> oh man, and, and I think we talked about how he's just like pushing the laptops off the desk like he's a cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but he does. Again, he does have a humanistic smile in this scene, though. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like he's trying to be playful. It's like, oh, yeah. this is what people do. <laughs> I'm experiencing this thing you call joy. <laughs> this is Neil. This is playful, Neil. <laughs> I almost feel like he's actually flirting with the actress yes. in real yeah. time mm-hmm. in this scene. Like, look how much fun we're having. We're going to bang after this scene. Like, mm-hmm. you're gross, dude. Like, oh, just, big time. Oh, so uncomfortable. He's like, look, I'm throwing papers. Are you in love with me yet? I'm a realtor. <laughs> and, and the furthest he goes with a woman is he only shows the shoulders. He, he, he just takes... There's a lot of side boob in this movie. Well, the, well especially the, uh... from him, too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I know the, the... Was it Amy is her name? Yeah, the Jim's wife. Jim's wife. She shows the most side boob. And yeah. he did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. For sure, he knew what he was working with there. And everyone else, like the, the Russian mail order bride and Leah, they just show their shoulders. Like he only playfully takes off the shoulder straps. Yeah, I feel like the scene with Leah in the park, I feel like they were meant to frame it so it looked like she took off her shirt and she wasn't didn't have her shirt just off the yes, shoulders. That makes yes. sense. <laughs> uh, but they just were incompetent. Now the, um, <laughs> the scene where they're throwing the papers that turns into the shirt ripping, right? Is that that's it, yes? Right. They start ripping each other's clothes off, literally. And yeah. then my favorite part is so they're so Neil's on the left side of the screen, and oh, yes. Emily's on the right side of the screen, and then they oh, have absolutely. that shot of the feet which yes. they flip. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the small painted toes feet. 
<laughs> the way it's framed, they, he's got that. And also, when it cuts back to him, his shirt ripped just exposes his nipple. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so strange. What a weird choice. I think, like, maybe he sees himself as, like, a, an action hero. And, you know, like, so, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Stallone, sometimes their shirt would rip and only, like, not like the full chest is out. Oh, but, like, right. You, yeah, yeah. You only see a little bit. So maybe that's mm-hmm. what he thinks 100%. he is. 100%. Like, oh, it's, it's too hot to show both nips. <laughs> the world can't handle it. <laughs> They're already dealing with corporate greed and government <laughs> scandals. They, they can't. They can't handle this. And on, no. her, on her shirt, uh, you could see like the pre-scissor cuts on yeah. The, yes. oh, yeah. on mm-hmm. one of them where like where he was could have ripped, but they didn't get yeah. to that. Yeah. Yes, like late career Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I if if I did that to my wife, she'd be like super pissed. If like I just ripped her shirt, like what the fuck, man. <laughs> well, you're obviously you're buying me a new one, right? <laughs> And it just ruins the mood. Yeah, just tell her you're on pills and you got a problem. <laughs> well, I tell her you're a corporate greed hacker. <laughs> it just makes you so mad. I can't contain my rage. The banks. <laughs> the banks. The banks. So he, <laughs> he goes back to the therapist's office and talks to a random old lady who talks to him about how he was given a power, but he needs to be careful because they will harm him. She says, they want what you have. Then Dylan goes home and looks in the mirror, but his reflection stays in the mirror after he walks away. That doesn't come back ever again. Then Amy, Jim's wife, starts taking pills, yelling every single one of her limes at Jim. And they talk about nothing really, just being mad at each other. So Jim storms off saying he's going to go for some air. And then the mysterious man with dress shoes bams into someone's house. We don't know where he is or who he he is, but he's just there. And Emily tries to get Dylan to come to bed because it's late, quote unquote, despite the afternoon sun peeking through the blinds. And he tells her, you need to go away now. (laughs) Later, he comes to the living room and apologizes for turning her away. And she accuses him of having an affair. (laughs) And he denies it, then does some weird shifty eye move and then tells her that he's been hacking into secret government files and he's going to expose everyone's secrets. I'm so glad you brought that up when he says that there's no other woman. And then again, the the camera lingers on him too long. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might be looking at like the director of photography. Like, oh. <laughs> but it makes him look so guilty. <laughs> it's like, are we, are, it's like, is he hiding something that even we don't know at this point? Holy and now, shit. Another mysterious book is in Neil Breen's garage against the trash bag backdrop and a naked Dylan opens it. And later, Emily convinces Dylan to invite Jim and Amy over for a barbecue. Emphasis on a nice, quiet, laid-back barbecue. But then we cut to the actual barbecue, and they've invited the female doctor over with her fiancé, who's also named Jim, and they use the same audio twice. Yeah, my favorite part <laughs> is the uh, is that they decided to shoot the on the side of the pool that you could only fit two people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they have to all shimmy by each other. Yeah. Yep. And it's the doctor from the hospital. hospital. <laughs> and she also inv- in- introduces Jim twice, too. And then the doctor then drops her notebook out of her pocket. I don't want to hear about how women don't have good pockets anymore because this chick is carrying around a college notebook for 20 years. Full size notebook that she just stashes in her front pocket everywhere she goes for good luck, quote unquote. And there's literally only one thing written in it after all these years. And it's a magical day. 
and Dylan just can't believe it's her, Leah. <laughs> and the <laughs> motherfuckers, and the motherfuckers about to throw it all away for a girl he knew when he was eight years old. Yep, holy yeah, she hands completely changed. Yeah, holy hands like, with her right in front of his wife, telling her that he thinks about her every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, fucking he's creepy. Supposed to be, he's supposed to be the good guy, like Mark said, right? Like, <laughs> oh, he views himself as this messiah. Yeah, he's the so, hero of the story. Right. So this is okay then. He's pining over an eight-year-old, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not even like a villain story where they're the hero in their own story. Right. He's just he's just the hero. Yep. <laughs> Through thick and thin. Yep. Emily is suspicious to say the least, but she can't concentrate on that for too long, which is then Jim comes over to to sexually harass her and drunkenly knock over a plate of food, which is perfectly fine in the next scene. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I do, do, oh yeah. Why does he frame it from like the the waist and not showing the full the full body? Uh, look, if you told me that they weren't there that day on set and they shot that scene or they dropped out of the movie, I wouldn't be super surprised. That I, that would make sense, right? It, it's yeah. two different actors. Yeah. Um, I know, like, like Tommy Wiseau, he just, like, shot scenes with completely different actors stepping in and didn't hide them. So, um, <laughs> you know, at least Neil Breen made an effort to try and mask it. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, and I wouldn't be point. surprised if like scenes like this, uh, he edited out of order, like, mm-hmm. like this scene is supposed to happen, uh, like after, or like, like she's also cooking after everyone has already eaten. So maybe it was supposed to be before mm-hmm. and time is back. Too. Yeah. Uh, later on while Dylan is working, Allie, Amy, Amy and Jim's underage daughter comes over to skinny dip in the pool and makes passes at Dylan through the window. <laughs> then she goes to take a bubble bath in his bathroom. <laughs> Somebody had watched Christmas Vacation the day before this shot. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks in on her and valiantly resists the urge to commit statutory rape because he is our hero after all. <laughs> the fact that he even goes into the bathroom, bends down where his face is probably her ass level, and then picks up yeah, the yeah. owl and covers her. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, just shut the bathroom door and walk away. Right. He yeah, goes in there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you can't do this. Like, I'm taking a fuck. Like, yes. Is it weird that you're just taking a bath in my house? Sure. But also boundaries, Neil. (laughs) But Neil, Neil also seems like the type of person to be like, to tell people after this incident, I could have, I could add sex with her. I could have yeah. had sex with this underage girl, but I did it, and you, I should be praised for yes! that. You know, yes. like he's yeah, looking he's... for social credits. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> he, well, he, Raping he tells a young his girl. wife. He tells his wife right away. Yeah, he does. Mm. He can't hold yeah. it in. <laughs> made it her fault. Yeah. Uh, when Emily comes home, he gets real sassy about how she gave Allie permission to use the pool. <laughs> so Emily calls Amy, and Amy says she's going to tell Allie never to do it again. And then Jim comes home and starts shit with Amy again to the point that they both wind up throwing their wine on each other. So Jim storms off and goes to work on his Ferrari again. Meanwhile, Amy, go- a- Amy goes to grab a gun from the bedroom and comes into the garage, yells, I'm going to shoot this damn car full of holes. <laughs> Just love the line reading on that. That emphasis on damn. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then she winds up shooting Jim instead. <laughs> he jumps in front of his Ferrari like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of the scene, I still have no idea where Jim got shot. Means, yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Because with, with, you don't see it. And then in the next scene, it's like coming out of 
somewhere in his back his collar or like his yeah. ear or something yeah <laughs> right. That's what they they shoved the the blood hose uh, up his uh shirt and out his coat his uh, neck right yeah <laughs> and dylan comes to the front door just in time to hear the gunshot Allie sees Amy shoot Jim and her and Amy tussle a little bit before Amy pushes Allie out of the garage telling her to call 911. Not sure if anybody ever calls 911 at this point. Then Dylan comes in and Amy screams that Jim killed himself. So Dylan picks up Jim's body, cradles it and says, I can't believe you committed suicide over and over again. And then I can't help you out of this one, Jim. <laughs> I, 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 I can't pull you out of this one. Which what? is such... It's such a nice insight into their relationship that we don't get to see before this. <laughs> but what does that mean? I can't pull you out of this one. It's right? a, it's something that he heard in a fucking war movie or something. And he's yeah. like, that's a cool line. I'm going to fit that into one of my movies one day. Right. It, like, it, it makes it sound like he's bailed Jim out of prison a yes. couple of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Another DUI, Jim. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, when did this movie come out? uh 2013 2013 so this reminded me of uh from lord of the rings when when sam is trying to help frodo out who he just got stung by the spider and he's like don't go where i can't follow and and Mm -hmm. freedom was like that's that's it there we go (laughs) yes bingo yeah it's kind of like when the room when he's like um when, the, so, when someone says I'm your number, you're my number one customer in the uh, the flower shop. I always we wa- I watch Jingle All the Way, and like that's like the line that Arnold Schwarzenegger keeps saying over and over again to all his like he's on the phone like in the beginning. Just, yep. You're my number one customer. You're my number one customer. I feel like Tommy Wiseau saw Jingle All the Way. He's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's how <laughs> you make it in Hollywood. that. So Dylan is just so distraught, he can't help but repeat, I can't believe Jim committed suicide, even when he's back home in his office. And then he takes a nap on his many laptops and has a dream where he's naked in his trash pa- trash bag decorated garage again. Then Dylan yells at Emily to tell her that Jim did not commit suicide before she rejected him at the barbecue. Um, yeah, so go, go back to suicide real quick. I'm shocked that Neil Breen did not say the line, how could you do this to me? Mm. <laughs> like just to make it about neil yeah, yeah. <laughs> or good night sweet prince like yeah. uh <laughs> like the end of the room yeah uh emily tells dylan that he's better off without her and he says he's here to support her goes back to slapping the keys on his fake laptops when he gets a call from his publishers again and he just gets so mad about people that are trying to give him money to write a book saying that he's not going to sign any contract He's not going to give him that. Give them a second book. No more books. He shouts. <laughs> <laughs> he just throws them too. <laughs> then he has visions of him and Leah in the garbage bag room, naked. I guess that's Leah. I, I never see her face. Supposed to be. I but think the... it's supposed to be her, but I don't think that's her as the actress. Yeah, I agree with that. Is it because of the? Are we all all just agreeing that she didn't seem like she'd have that side boob? Absolutely. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Yep. She doesn't. I think I... it's um, Jim's wife. It's... Yes, and I also mm-hmm. think Jim's wife is the girl that comes out of the Rolls Royce. I think so too. Yeah, I also think <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him that that's the uh, it, that that's Allie in the in the trash bag room. Oh God, I hope not. Oh, <laughs> I hope well, not. Won't put it past Neil Breen. I think my wife right. said that last night while watching. He's like, "It's probably the young girl." I'm like, "Oh, come on." 
<laughs> yeah, she was probably 18 when they filmed it, and pervy old man was like, all right, I got to get a scene. Mm-hmm. When's your birthday? I think we're alone now. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be anybody else around. <laughs> oh, so you're 18 tomorrow? Oh, listen, I have this scene where uh, <laughs> two people... It's a throwaway are... scene. No big deal. <laughs> Like, he's got a cl- he's got a clock on his uh, desk counting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the first person to text at midnight. <laughs> Just pulling a pulling a Drake. <laughs> uh, so then Emily continues to have a meltdown. Dylan goes to see the old lady again and talks about the nine year old girl he's still in love with, and then shows the old lady the rock he's been carrying all these years. He goes to see his psychotherapist who is still trying to get him to take pills, which I feel is autobiographical. Yeah, it turns out quit. that em- <laughs> then it turns out that Emily told Dylan's psychotherapist about Dylan's research. Question yeah. for you. Yeah. Is this the scene where the one psychiatrist asked the one psychiatrist asked Neil Breen if he's seeing another psychiatrist? Yes, yes, it is. So <laughs> And he, he I, just like lies for no reason, right? But I, I don't know what this old lady is. Yeah, who what yeah, who is she? Where is she from? Because she disappears later. She's a ghost, I think. Oh, there's <laughs> but she... entirely entirely too much disappearing in this movie. Yeah, I because she's she's at that that same uh office. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like he's going to a completely different office. He's going to the same office every time. And sometimes right. it's the old lady, and sometimes it's the, the sort of German guy. <laughs> <laughs> who, who in back-to-back scenes it, at this moment is there's a scene where he's wearing one suit and then like they do a cut to the sign again. Yes, and then in the very Man, next he's shot, got that light blue completely suit. different suit. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, and they then Dylan and Leah meet at the park, and Leah tells Dylan that she broke up with her fiance, and they confess their love for each other. They go back to where they found the rock and the mushroom is still there. And it turns back into the box again where they put more gems in it. And once again, it's a magical day. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Emily is gobbling up some pills and chasing it with quote unquote wine and then passes out while Dylan makes out with Leah in the park. So while Emily is in her death rattles, Dylan and Leah fuck right there in the park. <laughs> Dylan They're doing their own rattling. <laughs> And Dylan comes home to find a dead Emily on the bed. And he says, it was you. I know it was you. Not sure what that means. (laughs) (laughs) He's talking to the pills. (laughs) It's like, sometimes you got to let the the audience in on where you're going with this there, Neil. Just sometimes. (laughs) Take us with you on this journey. And this Uh, is where he is. He looks like the bad guy because he's cheating on his wife. Yep. Where it feels like he would have put himself as being cheated on. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like in his mind it's justified because this is destiny, right? Like yeah, it's this is his long lost, lo- <laughs> long lost love. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, I also I I I'm going to theorize that this might be the mirror uh brain. Oh like my mirror. god. Like <laughs> shadow oh, like I don't know if you guys are watching Moon Knight, but uh this could be Moon Knight brain. Yeah. Yeah. You're blowing my mind right now. Is, is it's Mr. Breen? He's Mr. Yeah. Breen. <laughs> is that is that uh, dress shoes guy? I, I actually think it is dress shoes guy. Right. Oh my God. I, I think that's Shadow Breen. I think it's Moon Knight Breen. I, I, so, I would see Neil, his Moon Knight. So I guess this begs the question: Is Neil Breen maybe a genius <laughs> or a Breenius? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, it's either it's one of four things. He's a robot. 
yeah. that has become sentient. He is an alien. Um, mm-hmm. He's a genius, or a he's money laundering. Right? <laughs> it's, it's got it's it's, it's only those be, four options. It could be a combination be a, of few. Yes, I was going to say it's possible that you could take a little bit of each. Right. Yeah. He could be an alien AI. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's more of like AI um, David from Artificial Intelligence, the sure. Spielberg movie. I think it's more like that. <laughs> that is responsible for money launder, laundering money. Mm-hmm. And that's why he always repeats the same themes like corporate greed and the government. <laughs> blah, blah. You know, like that's all his programming allows him to think about. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, back in his office, Dylan looks at the rock, which then disappears why who knows and he has more visions of he and Leah in the garbage bag room and calls someone to tell them about his work that he's doing and he talks to the old lady again for god knows why then forces Leah to watch him eat dry as fuck spinach salads in his office which he then <laughs> which he then lets just fall over his desk yeah it's a weird <laughs> spot he puts it on his file his filing papers like they're just papers he puts the plate on yeah and, then it's it's and I think that I think again that lends merit to he's some kind of alien or robot. Like <laughs> he cannot handle dressing. Yeah. Yes. It, it would like gum up the works or something. That's his kryptonite salad dressing. <laughs> his kryptonite's balsamic vinaigrette. <laughs> he then lets Leah in on his plan to expose all the corruption and secrets. Mm. She tells him he's going to get himself killed by doing all this. And he says she's the only one who knows. But yes, she's right. Other people know. And then Dylan has a freak out about how he's not ready to expose the world's secrets and throws his books all over the place, breaking a few of his many laptops. And then Leah goes back to her place and winds up getting attacked by a hooded street tough who knocks at her out with chloroform, but drops the exact extru- instructions on where he's supposed to take Leah. And then later Dylan has a very natural conversation with her voicemail box at the exact location she was just kidnapped from. And he sees her purse and the note of where she was being taken. I would love so, to. He, I would love to have that in other movies. <laughs> just, just the narration of big moments and scenes. <laughs> yeah, the, the choreography of <laughs> her and the kidnapping are, is hysterical. So it's good. like she's yes. still trying to get by him because he's not holding her at all. No, yeah. she's bumping into him, and all she has to do is like turn around and go the other way. Yeah, but she's just like they just keep bumping into each other. Like, yeah. excuse like... me, stop trying to kidnap me, please. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. a it's a failed spot in like a WWE wrestling match. Yeah, right. It's, it's... You're supposed to grab me, and you completely botched it. Yeah. So now I have to do the work for you. <laughs> it's it's like you know how the, like sometimes they'll be like uh, some directors in order to get natural reactions they'll tell one one actor one thing and then the other actor another thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like they told her that this was a kidnapping and forgot to tell him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> take me already. Will you take me? <laughs> well, I also wonder if there is there another layer above this kidnapper. Is he writing down these instructions from somebody? All right, so kidnap Leah. She is here at this address. Or, like, where is this coming from? I, I just love this guy sitting down and writing down all these instructions to kidnap this person and then just fucking right. leaving it at the scene of the crime. He's just very organized. Is it coming from the guy with the shoes, the dress shoes? Oh, could be 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 Moon Knight Breen. Who knows? Right, Moon Knight Breen is trying to kidnap her so he can go save her and be the hero. Right. I would I wouldn't put it past Neil Breen if that's if that's how he did it. 
No, I, that's that's what it's got to be. Oh, that's like a that's like a perfect murder. That's like Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow shit. <laughs> Uh, he winds up at a storage facility and finds the kidnapper asleep outside of a trailer where he's keeping Leah and Dylan knocks him out with an empty bottle. Then they bamf into the trailer to save Leah. And then he tells her he's going to get her out, but she has to keep the blindfold and gag on so they can bamf through the door. Allie shows up at Dylan's house for some reason, because we didn't want to lose this thread. And he <laughs> screams in her face that she needs to leave. And she tells him that the cops are at her parents' house talking to Amy and that Amy actually killed Jim and made it look like an accident. So Dylan yells in her face again, telling her to tell the police and leave. So at at night, uh, the dress shoes guy comes into the house and he may be a ghost that just decides to dick around with the furniture for no reason. And then Dylan jumps awake, sneaks out of bed and then leaves. Then calls the landline and leaves a message for Leah. He tells her that he has to go out of town for the day and he'll be back soon and that everything is okay. He drives through the desert and then walks further into the desert. He stumbles across a mystical book in the desert and tries to ask it questions, but it just disappears on him. I was really hoping he bumped into a car. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where everything starts to disappear, right? Yeah. Um, then he tries to go see a psychotherapist who isn't there. And then he sees the old lady who also disappears. And the dress shoe guy comes back at night, who then starts bleeding everywhere and disappears. In the morning, Leah wakes up with some sort of tassels on her chest. And he says that a friend left them for them that night. <laughs> Oh. I, 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 I think I'm all in on Moon Knight brain. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, Dil- and then suddenly Dylan is having a press conference in front of the Hall of Records, talk about how much he's hacked and all the cor- corruption he's uncovered. With him, there are a group of CEOs, senators, all high high profile people who have been exposed by Dylan's hacking, and they're happy to be there. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. excited. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How did they all get here? <laughs> How did everybody? I'm gonna. Was Breen like, or sorry, Dylan? Was Dylan like? I, I'm calling a press conference. I'm gonna call all these people out. Uh, president of the bank, I'd love for you to attend. Your presence <laughs> is required. If to fucking kill yourself, if you like. <laughs> um, it's love to know how this all came about. Just, just punch and pie at the bottom can of. Can I? Can I tell you guys? I I think my wife thought a woman squealed. At that part where the first person kills themselves, <laughs> I, I cackled laughing. So you were the you were the woman squealing. I was the woman. Uh, yeah, I was like Ned Flanders <laughs> with the purple drapes. Because like, it's just so out of left field. I was not expecting it. Uh, yeah. Um, and they all inexplicably just start killing themselves one by one. The first CEO shoots himself in the head in the middle of the press conference, the old Bud Dwyer style. Yep. Uh, Senator goes home. Applause. <laughs> yes, everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good. And I'm glad you said that. I was going to make a Bud Dwyer reference, but I didn't know if everybody would have gotten it. There you go. Yep. Senator goes home to hang himself. <laughs> the president of the bank shoots himself too. Uh, a congresswoman goes home and sits in her car in a closed garage. An insurance company CEO swallows some pills. And a Wall Street bro goes home to slit his wrists in the bathtub. <laughs> in, not, in no water. Yeah. And, and so the, uh, <laughs> that would have taken forever. And yeah. his little cup of alcohol on, on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, there's a sniper. That's gonna take out your brain. The loudest push ever. <laughs> so yeah, so sniper tries to shoot Dylan as he spreads his manifesto, but accidentally shoots himself. <laughs> we have no idea. 
And Dylan puts the power back in the hands of the people by exposing the corruption. If this was Tom Hardy in a Bane mask, everyone would think this movie is a masterpiece. And <laughs> then Dylan and Leah walk through the field. They did as kids. And that's the end of Fateful Findings. What a fucking weird-ass movie. And thank like God said, it very, exists. Very, very easy narrative to follow here. <laughs> like I said, just to bring it back all around. <laughs> Everything wraps up. Masterfully leaves you those breadcrumbs. Yes. Green crumbs. Everything's wrapped up in a neat little package. (laughs) I I would absolutely love if they did this movie on like a drunk history show. They should. Trying to explain this to someone who's never seen it. Oh, man. I thought about this while I was watching, watching this movie. Like, if a real established director and amazing actors and actresses just like redid this shot for shot line for line like would it be good right like with like the like the pauses that Mm. are unnatural taken out so it like talk it's like real people talking yeah like i'm just so curious of the script and story like could it be done by someone that knows how to make film and right. i don't think you can capture the magic the same way <laughs> oh the magic will be completely gone but would it right. be would it feel cohesive and would we buy it as a, right. a movie yeah like it, would I, people I, would people praise this if it was directed by david lynch it, it would yeah, be worth right? watching that's for sure yeah right. i would love to see something like joe yeah, Rowski or something right I, I i would love it i would absolutely <laughs> love for any of his movies to just be remade in earnest. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Aronofsky could do he he can do like the trippy stuff and then he could do like dramas and I mean this has both of them. Faithful Findings has <laughs> both of them. Like, I think he'd be the perfect one for those. Yeah. It's it's it, the pay, pathos that comes through in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neil Breen is able to weave this magic web of comedy and drama and, and love stories. It's just the guy's an auteur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. What a what a delightful movie i would uh, there's is there no director's commentary on this for this is there a dvd with director's commentary because my god i would i would love to know what's going through his yeah. head i'd love to recall this uh delightful findings i mean i had a great <laughs> delightful time watching this oh, again is yeah is there a commentary on it, or is this somebody else's commentary i'm not oh i'm not god, watching through trailers i'm not watching ads on on youtube so we'll never know i just i wish the the only thing is and i know you you gentlemen kind of you've pointed this out i would love for him to just tie some things together where you have this giant like comical yellow book that shows up a couple times no clue what that's about uh then uh amy kills jim that doesn't get tied together you know she's for all we know she's on the loose still killing more people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, the, in her rolls royce right in her rolls yeah, royce yes yeah, yeah the, the rolls royce woman no idea what that was uh what, what else the sniper Bre- yeah or breen and the young girl relationship like let's flesh that <laughs> out yeah <laughs> where does this go <laughs> it, See, it's just, it, it's a lot three, of open-ended <laughs> storylines in three years when she turns 18 that story picks back up Oh God! <laughs> it, it it turns into uh, stalked by my doctor at that point. <laughs> it was just like he'll have the same sort of pool party uh, run in with with uh, uh, Ali. It is you, it, Ali. It, 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 oh, it, it is you. <laughs> and that 
and and that conversation is obviously I just heard you turned 18. <laughs> oh. You're too old for me now. <laughs> Do you have a sister? <laughs> oh my god, it's it's <laughs> disgusting but it's it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Watching these movies bring me so much joy and I got to thank you, you know, you guys for the Double Down show you had me on because I, I would have not known about this guy or his film. So, <laughs> thank oh, you yeah, so absolutely. Much. I mean, it's so much joy to watch these movies and obviously yeah. to hang out with you guys and talk about them. Oh my God. I love yeah. them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, this is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, you guys want to plug Binge Media one last time before we get out of here? Absolutely. BingeMedia.net. Uh, that's our site. The binge cast comes out every Monday. That's our flagship show. We're doing better call Saul commentaries right now. Every Wednesday morning, uh, they release wherever you get your podcasts and, uh, patreon.com slash binge media. Five bucks a month gives you Pete's commentaries. Pete's right here. We might hey. be doing a faithful findings one. Who knows? Maybe More Neil double down. Maybe double down on the docket. Yeah. Great. We'll, Absolutely. We'll get, we'll get you guys on. Those That'd be a lot of fun. That would oh, be yeah. great. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, that's uh, that's fateful findings this week. Thank you guys so much for coming on uh, our socials. You know, listen to after this, uh, and we'll play those socials for you. Uh, uh, that's that's the movie. That's kind of we. That's it. I I don't really know how to end this because it's it's <laughs> neither just... does he. <laughs> it's in the spirit of an ant. That's yeah, the perfect way. That's there the we perfect go. Way to go. Just end that's kind of. I am without speech. Um, yeah. So the director of Fateful Findings is Neil Breen. Fo- so for Dan Aquino, Mark Myers, Alex, and Pete, this is Anthony Davecchio telling Neil Breen, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie. credit card bill.